Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the author's books and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. Before we get started this week, I want to ask our listeners to take a quick second to share our podcast with friends and give us a thumbs up on our podcast subscriber. By you hitting the like button, sharing it, subscribing to it, it does help increase our visibility uh, on whichever podcast subscriber you use. So please take a second and help us out. I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith to discuss the topic of friendship and love. Now, both of these words, they're, they're thrown around so much today that they've incorporated many, many different meanings and even contradictory meanings in our current society. And so today what we want to do is maybe examine these with kind of a, a Catholic philosophical lens. And so, Dr. Smith, this is such a broad topic, uh, it's hard to even know where do we even begin. Um, <laughs> sure. But maybe we could begin by looking at uh, two two kinds of love that our, our our current society definitely understands, and that's passionate love and human love. Um, okay, yeah. Maybe maybe if you could begin by you know what do we mean by these? How are they distinct? Uh, what are their sure. differences? Yeah, in fact, Jason, I think for uh, uh, although I think our our language sometimes reflects this distinction, uh, oftentimes I think we also sort of muddy the two, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and fail to distinguish between them. Um, so let's just start with the, I guess, which what is most basic, <clears throat> and that's the, the the emotional or passionate kind of love. Mm-hmm. That kind of love um, involves a response to the sensible good at the most basic level, right? So, a couple um, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we we talked about the the passions in general, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, during that podcast, talked about the idea that the passions are are responses, right? They're sort of uh, internal psychosomatic motions that are responsive to um, uh, external stimuli, for the most part. Uh, and to some degree, they de- they depend on um, internal estimations, memory, uh, temperament, etc. Right. right. Uh, at its most basic level, the 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 passion of love. As I say, is a response. It's a movement of attraction towards a um, a sensible good. Um, so this can be, you know, um, uh, um, anything from you know um, uh, a beautiful scenery to a beautiful uh, woman to uh, um, something, you know, sen- any sensible good that you're you're drawn towards, right? So this is kind of in the realm of desire, then maybe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I like to think of it as this initial attraction, okay. right? That kind of then sort of brings out desire and hope and all these other things, right? Um, as I say, it's responsive to uh, the the sensible good, um, and this can be you know, or or say an enjoyable kind of event, like say uh, like say you like to go to a sporting event or something like that, right? Uh, that can be sort of uh, a response to, to that or a kind of food or, or whatever it may be, right, uh, of that nature. Um, this is obviously very, can be very powerful, uh, you know, movement. And it's important to recognize that um, it also has, to, it can also, that, that same kind of feeling love, of course, you know, can be drawn to things that are morally, i put this, uh, put this, Passionate love is kind of almost morally indifferent in a way. Um, what what I mean by that is that it doesn't really our passions. Unfortunately, our passions don't really care about the morality of its of the object <laughs> that we're attracted to. Yeah. Right? It can later on, like retrospectively, 
but our, our like the things that our passions love are that our passions hate. Um, they have a moral character in themselves, but all that the, the sense appetite really is, is responding to is the sensible good or the uh, sensible evil, pleasure or pain. Yeah, and that pretty much describes much of the spiritual life and spiritual warfare. <laughs> you know, aiming your passions towards what is good, because many times, as we all know, our passions are not always ordered to what is good. So it's we'll right. respond to things that are not good for us, whether it's the, uh, you know, the seventh beer or, you know, or, or whatever it may be. Uh, it, it's it's not always ordered, uh, you know, from the from its very foundation uh, uh, sure. towards the good. So just because they are my passions does not make them good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the most important things in the moral life, right, is recognizing uh, it doesn't follow. The, the fact that I love it from the fact that I love something, it doesn't follow that it's good necessarily. Right. I could just be wrong. <laughs> right. Right. I could, I could have a misperception about its goodness. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we encounter this all the time where we react to somebody, uh, to, to something and we're like, you know, Oh, that's, a, you know, that's horrible. That's blah, blah, blah. And then you realize, Oh, I misunderstood it. You know, right. yes. you know, I mean, and, yeah. and that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a big problem that our world's coming into when people are talking <laughs> about, well, because I was offended, it was, it is wrong. Well, that's, that's a, yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, but. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say that though, I do also want to recognize and, and, and emphasize the idea that uh, the passions are not only responsible, uh, response, excuse me, responsive to the sensible good. Mm -hmm. um, so that's their proper object. Okay. Is the sensible good. But we can also have passions about spiritual goods. So, you know, human beings are complicated. <laughs> uh, some of us more than others, but uh, human beings are, are, are complicated. And and what that um, what that complexity has to do with the integration of our nature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I, I like kind of what C.S. Lewis says about us, that, that humans are like amphibians, right? Uh, that, that we have this, this tendency to be both spiritual and physical at the same time, right? Which is what makes us so yeah, complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you can have an emotional response, the proper object, so the defining object, right, of the passions is pleasure and pain, right? The sensible good, the sensible evil. But indirectly, because our passions are connected to the rest of our soul, right? The other powers of the soul, we can have passionate feelings about spiritual things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you, uh, the, the most, the one that stands out for, to me the most is anger, which very often is, der is derivative on a perception of justice or injustice, right? Which is really a spiritual good, right? right that is right. the idea of justice is not something that's directly sensible, uh, but from perceiving an injustice, anger arises, the, the passion of anger, right? Um, now, let's talk about love. You could, uh, let's say that, that, that in, in our best moments, right, um, uh, you know, maybe our love for another person, maybe our love for God, uh, maybe love for our country, or our community, stirs our passions, right? Uh, we perceive the common good of the, the political community, right, and, and in its goodness, and we recognize our benefit uh, that we receive from it, and that stirs us to the love of country, right? <clears throat> or, you know, um, uh, much more importantly, even uh, say you, uh, you know, you, you're intellectually, 
you perceive the goodness and the graciousness of God, and that moves your heart, right, your affections, not because there's a directly a sensible good there, but because of the connection of the passions to the higher powers of the soul, we can experience uh, emotions about something that goes beyond the sensible good, uh, namely the spiritual good. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's an interesting part of uh, just the, the human person in general when you really start to think about it. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing that you can have these bodily reactions to spiritual things, you know? Uh, yeah. These, this kind of, you know, these... Um, uh, the integration between the body and the soul, you know, and may, maybe that points to, I, I think it also points to our fascination with, you know, ghosts and zombies, you know, because, <laughs> you know, these, these disembodied spirits are, are interesting, you know, and these disensouled bodies. bodies know, are, yeah. It's, yeah, it's cool. And it makes the, you know, it makes for great fiction. Um, well, I think one of the things that it touches on, you know, you know, sometimes, um, there, there can be a mixture here. You know, I would want to say that you know, just because you're having certain feelings doesn't, you shouldn't mistake your feelings for the Holy Spirit. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Lots of people do, unfortunately. And uh, at the same time, there's a balance to be struck here, which is that our religious affections are a good thing, right? I mean, they they do yeah. often move us uh, in the right direction, right? Uh, as long as we have right thoughts and right volitional acts, right? That's the, the the real key there, right? So, you know, like if you're, say that you're moved to tears over sin, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. You know, like that, like those feelings of self-reproach, of regret, uh, um, of sorrow, right? Those are, those are actually good feelings, right? That's actually part of contrition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? uh, and uh, we don't want to force that. We don't want to fake it. But at the same time, if our thoughts are right, then sometimes, you know, uh, depending on our temperament and our background, but, you know, sometimes that will lead to strong feelings of, uh, of sorrow. And those are good feelings and they can move us in the right uh, direction. Uh, so I, I wouldn't want to mistake, right, um, passions for the work of the Holy Spirit. At the same time, uh, they, they are a good thing in a spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, and and that and that's the thing, you know. Many times when we talk about these things, you 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 can never leave out grace, and sure. you know there is some unpredictability to grace. But but on the but on the other hand, God has given us you know the ordinary means to salvation, and He's He's provided sure. order to this life and to this world and to my life. And I think sometimes right. when when people talk about the Holy Spirit in that way, it becomes just kind of this unpredictable or unpredictable wind of, you know, similar to that of Vatican II or, you know, the spirit of Vatican II the or, Vatican or the, or even the, the spirit of the sixties, you know, it's, it's quite, yeah. you know, but, but at the same time, I mean, for example, you know, if, if I had a strong sudden urge to go, you know, serve at the, the, the soup kitchen six nights a week, uh, -huh. uh you know, because I love, you know, because my love for the poor and my love for God is good. Uh, you know, that that's good, but I can't neglect my family to do so, sure. you know, no matter what my feelings are. So, you know, and, and that's the thing. My vocation is to my, my wife and my children. That is who God has placed into my care. And that's sure. who I'm going to be primarily judged on, you know, so yeah. it doesn't matter what my emotions or where I'm being, where I feel I might be being called towards. Uh, I have to look at it in a reasonable way and, and actually discern these things and not kind of uh, go off following my emotions in that way sure. 
Uh, sure. yeah. Like you yeah. said, not confuse the Holy Spirit with, you know, my emotions. Yeah. My feelings, yeah. And as I, I think as we talked about last time, when you're, when you're thinking about, um, when you're reflecting on uh, your passions, especially in a spiritual life, it, it's useful to remember what we talked about in that previous podcast about the why do I feel this way question. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so feelings, uh, you know, emotion, emotions and so forth, those are effects. Those are emotions. And um, they can be very helpful. And if you know that emotion is is attached to a right judgment, that's great, right? Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it may be more confused than that, though, right? You know, so, you know, the, the man who grieves over his lying or his adultery grieves rightly, right? Yeah. He should grieve, right? Um, so um, I think that that's in, uh, important. At the same time, you know, if you're grieved by um, going to church, if you're grieved by the good things, right, of the Christian life, then you need to ask yourself why, right? I don't think you need to beat yourself up necessarily, but that is a moment of discernment, right? Like I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, sometimes, frankly, sometimes mass is boring, right? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, but like if you have sort of an antipathy to a church, an antipathy to the things of God that's settled, uh, then you need to kind of, you know, that's that that's a good that's good room for investigation. Like, why do I have this strong antipathy towards something that, with my mind, I know is good, right? Mm-hmm. You see, that's a key move there. Just because I feel antipathy towards it, I I cannot infer just from that that it's necessarily bad, right? Right. right. That that might be an indication of it, right? It's it, it might be evidence for it, but it's not it's not sufficient. Right. right, it might be that that, that 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 negative emotional reaction on my part is due to a uh, fallacious or erroneous judgment. Yeah, your feeling about a thing does, is not indicative of the thing's nature. That's you right. Know. Very good. Yeah, well, it's, you know, are you a <laughs> just on the weekends. Uh, you know, the weekends. <laughs> but you know. But that's something that you know. Many times, you know, in our current, you know, especially in our current political you know, thing we, we, we place so much on a person's feelings, even to the point of, you know, their, their feelings are a determinant factor of what, sure. a, what a thing actually is. You know, if I yeah. feel that that is a racist thing, then it is racist that, mm-hmm. that, you know, and so there's many different other examples and things and I don't sure. want to get too far off topic, but, um, but it's important to, to have that, you know, so, so this is the, this is love then on, you know, um, we're talking about passion, love, love then on that basic level, that order of desire, uh, on that level. Um, how do we, how do we take this a, a little bit deeper? How do we go a little bit further with this then? Sure. So this, this is, <laughs> this is always a little controversial when I first introduce it, but I think with some reflection, I think it, it, it bears out. And that is that, that the primary sense of love, uh, is volitional love mm-hmm. by that. I mean, acts of the will okay so um to love at a at a human at a at a fully human level right is not primarily about feelings mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to say right yeah um now i said primarily on purpose okay because i wanted to distinguish here that passionate love can have a sensible object or it can indirectly have a spiritual object so when you feel love for your children, your spouse, for God, for your country, 
that can that can be a, a very important and good thing, right, in your character and in your spiritual life. But that 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 passionate love of the spiritual good, right, is derivative of um, an intellectual judgment. Yeah. Right. Not a uh, sensible judgment, right, or a sensible estimation, I should say. Um, but even higher than that. Okay, is volitional love. So we're distinguishing different kinds here. Yeah. There's the, the passionate love of the sensible good, the passionate love of the spiritual good, but then the spiritual love of the spiritual good. All right. Do you see you follow what I'm Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to that's a good way to lay it out. I like that. That is uh that involves acts of the will. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes people ask, well, so then what is love? And I'll say, well, it's to will the good to another. Right? Yep. <laughs> and I can see that that sounds initially a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little boring. It's, a little it's not poetic sounding. at all. It doesn't, poetic, yeah. it doesn't look good in a Hallmark card. Yeah, this is not the stuff of poetry. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's the stuff of virtue. It's mm. the stuff of heroism. It's the stuff of sanctity. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's harder. <laughs> right. So here's the here's the thing that I think is so attractive though about this, right? Which is recognizing that that your spiritual love, willing the good to another. Well, first, let me define that clearly. Sure. Willing the good to another. That means intending and choosing the good. So sometimes willing the good to another just sounds like, oh, you kind of vaguely wish the good to another. <laughs> no, that's not willing. I wish you the well. <laughs> yeah, I wish you well. Well wishing is not love, right? I mean, it's not bad either, right? Yeah. It's you know, all things considered, it's good to wish people well, right? Uh, but um, that's not what love is. Right. Love is much more concrete. It's intending this good for a person and choosing this means, right? Uh, so when we love, we're intending and choosing. Those are so those are concrete acts, right? That that's not vague at all, right? When I uh, uh, intend uh, uh, to to give somebody the good, um, and and I choose means for that. So, say intending for my children an education, intending for my children uh, their sanctification, intending for my children uh, their provision and protection, and all those sorts of things, mm -hmm. and choosing means to that end. Mm -hmm. That's love. That's that's love in in reality, right? Um, it does, and here's the thing: it doesn't always feel good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the part of it. Oddly enough, though, is actually attractive, because there are times in which we don't have positive feelings about our spouse. We don't have positive feelings about our children. We don't have positive feelings about our country, our coworkers, our friends. But we can still love them. Right. That's right. that. That's see. That's what is attractive and important about making these distinctions. Yeah, it's a common phrase. I, I love you, even though I don't really like you. you know, it's, <laughs> right now. Yeah, right now, right now. You, you know, it, but it is that, it is that uh, I, th I think that's uh, um, important for our, for our world to understand that, you know, sure. when it comes to this kind of love, that it lies primarily in the will. You yeah, know, emotions right. and, and feelings set aside, you know, what, what is good? Uh, you know, sure. that's the primary question. And like you said, that's the, uh, not just the, the other person is, is the end, but you know, the, the, the object is the good that you cannot, yeah, you cannot do away with, with the good in this. Um, yeah, that's very important. Uh, I do want to say that uh, in addition on the sort of affective and, um, yeah, on the affective side that, um, 
this is so useful when you think about things like marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, let's say that you're having, um, you're consistently having feelings of sorrow or um, pain, um, maybe even despair around a relationship, right? Like a marriage relationship. That doesn't mean you have to stop loving, right? right? You still have recourse, right, to intending and choosing the good. Now, in that kind of situation, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that you just ignore your passions, right? <laughs> like if you're having a persistent sense of sorrow about a relationship or yeah. persistent kind of antipathy, or maybe even, we don't say this often, but even hatred towards your spouse, um, aversion, right? right. <laughs> um, then, you know, you need to do some work there, right? That's a good sign there's something amiss, okay? If you're having all those feelings, but you don't, that see, people will say, oh, well, then, then I'm not happy or... I don't love or we're not in love anymore or, you know, that sort of thing, right? We're not connected anymore. Well, what love does in that situation, especially like within a marriage, is it, it intends the preservation of the marriage. It intends the sanctity of the spouse and it chooses appropriate means. So you go find a good counselor, right? You go like, you you see what I'm saying? Like you you do the work that's involved in uh, um, a marriage where, Maybe things have gone amiss uh, to some degree. As much as I, I I have an aversion to like Christian music and Christian film, there there was one that I saw. I forget the name of it now. It had Kirk Cameron in it, um, but it was about it was about a, a struggling marriage or whatever. Okay. And uh, um, everybody was you know some were saying you know get divorced and all these things, but he made throughout the 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 movie he made concrete actions uh, sure. uh, to change. Uh, these these things uh, in his life so that he could you know love his spouse more it wasn't like oh well we're out of love but like you know he was uh, uh, like there was a a scene about I think it was about pornography Uh, and and the next scene he was like bashing the computer in the driveway and his neighbors like looking at him funny it was was like you know it was a it was a funny scene in the movie you know but but it was one of those things like like that's an act of love Absolutely. You're seeing, yeah. you're, seeing and, you're seeing something that is getting in 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 the way of what is truly and authentically good. Well, mm-hmm. it's an act of the will to remove that, That's uh, right, and yeah. to remove that is an act of love towards you know the spouse and towards you know in that case you know even yourself. Um, sure. You know, so I mean, it, it, that's you know that's kind of I think you know a, a good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to add something to that. Like a. Uh, Again, I want to be very clear that I'm not saying that the affective, uh, like the emotion or passion side doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. Right? It's part of the person. It's part of your soul. It's important. But there is something higher, right? And and just because I'm having negative feelings about, uh, say, my spouse or something like that, that doesn't necessarily follow that my spouse isn't loving me, <laughs> right? right? And lots of times there is that that move. I'm having negative feelings right now. That means you're bad. Yeah, you're, it's, you're the you're causing me to have negative feelings. That I want to say may be true, right? right? But you shouldn't say that it's necessarily true because it could be the case that the problem is your problem, right? The problem is with your perceptions, your estimations. What really counts is is that person intending and choosing the good for me. Yeah, it goes back to what we said earlier. You know, your feelings do not determine the nature of something. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, if if you don't feel loved, you know, maybe that's a problem with you. You know, now, now granted, you know, 
It could be. It could be. Yeah, it's possible. It needs to be examined as if it were the case, right. I think, for on the part of the Christian. You know, and that's I think the 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 hard part about that is that is a deeply humbling thing sure. for a human person to do. Is to say, well, maybe right. I'm the problem. You know, like, <laughs> that's right. You just say that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My bad. My bad. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing for a human. You know, in our world is not you know necessarily filled with you know humility. Um, it's not something that we you know that's spoken about a lot. You know, during you know when people talk about well, you know, what did you do at school today, or what did you learn sure. in 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 class? You know, uh, we don't talk about the virtues much. But those are the no, kind of the virtues or the volitional side of it. And I mean, you just think about how deep this runs in our divorce culture, right? Um, you know, that like, oh, I'm not getting positive feelings from this relationship anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Right. You know, like, no. <laughs> um, you know, the, the real love comes in when those, those, those positive feelings aren't there and you do the work to restore or to fix what's amiss, right? Yeah. Or maybe to figure out, like, why am I feeling this way despite the goodness of my spouse, right? Um, so, again, I want to just reemphasize that. I'm not say, I think it is important. And we hear, hear this a lot, um, you know, about loving your spouse, learning how to love your spouse in a way that your spouse needs. I think that's true and important and good. At the same time, that needs to be balanced. This is what I think we sometimes miss, right? That needs to be balanced with maybe I'm having negative feelings due to my problems, due to my misestimations. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a crucifix, Jesus, I guarantee, now this is me going into the divine mind, but I don't think Jesus is having warm, fuzzy feelings on, while he's, while he's on yeah. the, the cross. That's a great you know, example. You know, it, it's, it, it involves, you know, uh, suffering uh, to it, to a great degree. And it's, and it's, yeah. Yeah. Mortification. And it's one, and this is the one that I think also that uh, again, in a, in a society that's fairly selfish, uh, it's, it's a, it's a hidden suffering. So mm. a lot of times it's a suffering that the world can't say, Oh, you poor thing. You know, it's, uh, it's sure. a suffering that you simply have to have to endure, you know, and sometimes mm. that's part of love is to endure sure. particular sufferings, but choosing to love anyway. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exercising fortitude, uh, for sure. Um, uh, in that, in that kind of example you're talking about. So, I mean, I, I think when you make this distinction, it just really, it really empowers you, I think, to think more clearly about your own experience. You know, it, it sharpens your, uh, ability to discern, to decide, to, to prudently reflect, to deliberate, uh, et cetera. But our, you know, our, our culture is not interested in this uh, distinction. Yeah. And you know, one more point I want to make is many times if we are, if we're, you know, ignorant of something, we'll kind of fall back on kind of, well, what is ever, what is kind of the common consensus at the time? Sure. So many times I think when, when, you know, there, there could be good and, and well-intentioned, whether they're Catholics or not, the, these feelings with, whether it be in a friendship or a marriage or something, when these feelings start to wane, uh -huh. maybe they, you know, because they don't know that love, that they begin to just, well, the world kind of says, well, you know, if you're out of love, you know, go find somebody else, you know, or go do this, you know, yeah. to kind of abandon that friendship or, or that relationship. Yeah, you got to you know, follow your heart, right? Yeah, if, whatever the hell that means, you know, like, it's, <laughs> good night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
it's 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 maddening but i think but i think for a lot of times because people don't know these things they simply fall back not necessarily through any fault of their own which is why i think you know as you know as catholics we have this rich tradition and understanding mm -hmm. that we need to talk about these things and talk about love in this way so that people can say okay you know i don't have these feelings right now that's okay you know that's that's okay because love is primarily not in my feelings it, yeah. it's in my it's in my action you know again yeah. again not to say that your feelings don't matter because god cares about the whole person which include your feelings sure you know, he desires that way yeah and like we said you know say you know the what is it the second largest part of the summa is about the passions passions that's yeah. right yeah so i mean it's, yeah and, and 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 rightly ordered passions are powerful sources for doing the good thing right yeah um, i think that's what distinguishes right. the saints many times is that sure. is that their their passions were were right. uh, holy uh yeah. ordered um to yeah. where to where d doing doing what was right and good was you know sometimes very at least not not necessarily easy i mean they did have to choose it and everything but but it was easily recognizable to them you know sure whereas yeah. now it's difficult for us to even recognize the good <laughs> that's right yeah it's important to bring into view, as uh, I think you're, you're indicating there, and, and as you did earlier, that um, love is about the good, right? Yeah. And 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 volitional love. So you think about passionate love. You think of it as being ordered towards the sensible good. Could be ordered towards the spiritual good when it's rightly uh, uh, sort of governed. But then that higher kind of love, the volitional love, right? That's always towards the good. Right, it's responsive to the good. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to make a, a, a claim here that is really <laughs> going to maybe uh, create some opposition. But um, the good is prior to love, right? So what's good? Like love doesn't make something good, right? Right? Good has a causal priority over love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm kind of um, wishing good, uh, well-wishing or uh, having positive feelings about something, um, that doesn't make my action uh, love, right. right? Or my action good, I guess is what I want to say. I could be willing, if I'm willing a false good to you, I may think that I'm loving you, but I'm in fact not loving you, yeah. right? What makes the genuine act of love is the good. So here, this is this is really hard, I think, for people to get in their minds. I could be intending and choosing something for you, thinking that it's love, loving to do so. But if that thing isn't good in itself, mm -hmm. then my action is not love, right? There is a priority of goodness over love. And I think that's really difficult, even for Christians today, to hear. Uh, we tend to think of love as just sort of like a vague affirmation or positivity, right? Right. Um, but that's not the case, right? Here's the other thing is the thing I'm I'm willing and intending for you, the thing I'm intending and choosing for you might be a sensible pain, but a spiritual good, right? right? It might be the case that, uh, this is very obvious with children, but it's, but it's true across the board. I might be intending and choosing something for my children that causes them you know, uh, antipathy, <laughs> disgust, sorrow, yeah. you know, like chores uh, or homework or whatever, right? They don't like, but I'm actually loving them because the, the thing that I'm choosing and intending for them 
is in itself good. Yeah, this happened just last night. My my son, uh, uh, he's older, so he gets to stay up a little bit uh, later than the uh, sure. than the other kids. And uh, my wife was telling that's him. That's not so, fair. That's <laughs> it's not fair. Justice. <laughs> right. uh, uh, you know, my wife was telling him something and he was, he was so anxious to go stay up later than the kids and do whatever he wanted or whatever. And, uh, then while my wife was talking to him, he just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ran out of the room and shut the door. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, while she was mid sentence and she just looked at me and I'm like, nope, not happening. <laughs> you know, so he, you know, he lost, you know, he, he, he experienced some discomfort, which, you know, immediately <laughs> led to tears. Um, but, it, but it was one of those things like, you know, uh, something like that, you know, respect for a parent, respect for an adult, sure. like that's, that's a higher good than yeah. him getting to stay up late, you know, sure. and the yeah. loss of that will, right. uh, will maybe at this point teach him that lesson. Um, you know, and you think about like, uh, discipline your children. I mean, like, as you're saying, like, that is an act of love. Yeah. Right? I mean, as long as it's proper and proportionate and, sure. and, and well-intended and, and prudent and wise, <clears throat> nevertheless, that is an act of love that usually causes sensible pain, right? And parents who don't do this out of a sense of, well, I love my children and I, I don't want to discipline, they're, they're mistaken. They're just, they're, they are misguided on this point, right? Not disciplining your children is a failure of love. Yeah. And I think, I, I think like you, you know, the, the, the element of, of suffering, I think one of the things that we suffer, well, <laughs> we suffer from, That's right. is, uh, we, and I'm talking like we as like parents collectively in this you sure. know, raising children, yeah. many times parents today will do anything to alleviate their children's suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what is, what is that? What does that teach the child about suffering? It teaches the child that's that all suffering is bad. Also, so when when they uh, have suffering in a relationship, they just break that relationship when they have. And so it, it raises a, a generation or two that will, as adults, do anything to alleviate all suffering. I mean, that That's becomes right. that becomes a greatly immoral society. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, within the church, this is horrific, right? Because what we end up having, <clears throat> excuse me, is a. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the, this uh, old book. It's a Protestant and Puritan book, but I think it's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, uh, the uh, I read it a bunch as a kid, and one of the main one of the main early characters in it is called Pusillanimous, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Or he's called Pliable, excuse me. But he's Pusillanimous, right? He's easily swayed, right? A little suffering, and he just is like, oh, you can take the celestial city, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm out of here. I'm not. I'm not like. I've gotten my clothes dirty in the swamp of, you know, and, yeah, and I just yeah, yeah. feel like I can't do it. You're like, like, we're talking about the celestial city, dude, right? And you're going to, because of a little suffering, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're abandoning the, the path. I, I think, I think we can understand this on somewhat of a secular level when we look at something like, sure. like addiction. So like okay. we were talking about, you know, uh, so like, you know, the, the, the person that's addicted to say alcohol is, you know, begging his friends or his family for money. Okay. The family and friends, they know that if they give him money, uh, he's going to spend it on alcohol, thus sure. perpetuating the addiction. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, and, and that's a hard thing for families to tell, because as soon as they say no to that addict, 
you know, that, you know, sometimes that it becomes very volatile and eruptive and things like that. But, but, but again, in, in this situation, you know, the parents and the friends, they know the clear, the, the good is very clear. And so, and so they understand, uh, um, the suffering that they are, they are actually imposing, you know, on this, on this person. Um, but they understand the good. So, I mean, I, you know, I, and and I know, you know, addiction might be an extreme kind of, um, uh, scenario or, or analogy, but I think, you know, again, when it comes to spiritual goods, um, it's important for us to, to, to help that. I, I remember a priest friend of mine, he had this very poetic saying, which I would never say to anybody, but uh, he actually told a person one time, uh, I would rather insult you into heaven uh, than compliment you into hell. Um, right. And, and, and while that's, you know, not, <laughs> that's so true. That's that, so while that's crazy. not a pastoral approach, whatever. Uh, um, I don't know, man, the, the pastors <laughs> supposed to, the pastors have a stick for a reason, yeah. you know? And uh, I mean, the, you think about the shepherd as the model, right? Um I think uh, I think I think the unwillingness to cause discomfort, yeah, or to to experience discomfort, that's covered over with the with the name of love and welcoming and affirmation, Mercy. but actually it's 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 really not love, right? If I'm gonna go over, if I'm about to go over a cliff, and you don't whack me with a stick to wake me up, right? Yeah. Then you're not loving me. I need you to hit me with that stick right. to get me awake so that I don't. I don't get eaten by the wolves or fall off the cliff, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. If your child's going to stick a fork in an electrical socket, you're not going to tell them. Well, maybe you should Google that. Have you looked into the effects of that? You know, a, no. You're going to slap their hand. You're going to, and in some cases, even cause them a little physical pain. Yeah, because right. uh, I'm not saying sure. you should beat your kids, but um, of course. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah. The uh, uh, I mean. You think about the current fascination with socialism um, uh, among a certain generation, right? First off, like this is like sticking a fork in the electric outlet. Like we know this doesn't work, (laughs) but we haven't done it right. (laughs) So I'm not being mean when I say that. No, I'm not going to pay for your college. Yeah, Uh, I'm just saying like this is not going to work, and 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 socialism is a failure. And I'm not being mean by saying that, or maybe I am, but I can, that's also being loving to you. I'm, I'm loving you by telling you, no, you're like, the world's not going to be free to you. Right. Now. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but I think one of the things that, yeah, I mean, I think this, this is rooted in the idea that we, we struggle with, which is that love is just affirmation. Right. Love is right. just support. Uh, that sort of thing. No, absolutely not. Love is uh, intending and choosing the good. And the good is defined then not by love. This is what's key. The good is not defined by love. Love is defined by the good. So we have to have an antecedent definition and understanding of the good in order to understand what is actually loving. And I mean, if you can that is, get that in your mind, you're going to be so far ahead, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, and I think like in a practical situation, how you bring this up in a conversation is you, you, you say, well, distinguish have you ever is there such thing as false love right have you ever intended and chosen a good uh, something for someone or yourself and then realized actually it's not good if you can say yes to those things then you can realize oh there is a difference between goodness and love right goodness and love are not absolutely identical Mm -hmm. rather the good has to be defined 
according to the natural law, according to divine law, etc., prior to knowing what is an, a real and authentic act of love. Right. If I'm willing sin for you, I am not loving you. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a that's a that's a great point, and I think that's something like you said. Once we get kind of that in, in into our minds uh, and, and start to understand that it, it changes it changes everything, and it changes right. you know. Uh, and again, it, it gives you, I think, more a perspective uh, of of God's point of view of the world and everything like that. And so we can actually love sure. with, and we'll probably have to, you know, uh, maybe do a follow up podcast on, you know, like kind of, you know, divine love, you know, what that does, sure. um, uh, and and friendship and friendship with God, yeah, what that yeah. is. But I think, you know, like you said, that once we once we have that understanding that goodness i mean and, and even when you think about it grammatically if love is to will the good of the other well right. we have to understand the, the 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 portions of that uh definition before we can understand love so okay what does it mean sure. to will what is what is the good okay uh, and yeah. the, the others you know fairly self-explanatory so i mean when you understand okay it lies in um uh, uh the volitional power okay well what is the good you know once we get that um, and, you know, and again, that's, you know, relative to the situation, but many times it's also, uh, wrapped up within the, um, uh, within the divine mind, within natural sure. law, within, you know, things that are fairly basic and understandable. And again, I think when you look at an extreme example, like maybe addiction or something like that, it becomes, it becomes clear, but, um, um, but, but that's a hard thing to, to do, um, yeah. when your emotions and, Everything else, the world, your emotions sure. are telling you to do the opposite. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's Absolutely. when makes that's yeah. when love yeah. is hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to just say something very briefly about um, divine love, and then I want to talk about just for a second about sure. uh, a concrete example. That thinking about uh, love in this way helps us to understand those times where life is going in a rough direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God, why aren't you loving me, man? Like. Yeah. My life is not going well. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said here. And we've talked about providence before. I think those are some of the best conversations we've had. But one thing you want to recognize is that God can be disciplining us, right? God could be willing us the good. Mm -hmm. And that good be painful, mm -hmm. right? God could be intending and choosing something for my life that causes me sensible suffering. Um, not because he hates me, but because he loves me. Right. Uh, that's, that, that's difficult, right? That's well, difficult and to it, hear and, it takes, and understand. And it, and it takes humility to say, maybe I just don't recognize that good. That's but right. I trust in God. You know, I trust God that, that he does see the good. I know that he does see the good. Maybe right. I don't. Like, oh mm -hmm. gosh. Like that's, yeah, that's a frightening place to be. Um, it's a frightening place to be, but it's a it's a good place to be, right? Because you know, uh, um, <laughs> in the in the scriptures, right? It, you know, you know, the father disciplines his children because he loves them, right? God disciplines us because he loves us. Um, you know, like um, well, there's a lot to say there, but but you know, it's hard to receive that as a good, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, uh, but that that's God working in our lives lots of times, um, and it can be painful. But we need to recognize it's just as much an act of love as when we discipline our children. To ha to always have the eternal aspect as well, you know. To say, okay, well, you know, 
I may have, you know, this suffering in this life, but I'm not made for this life. You know, my end is, you sure. know, my end is not here. Um, that, you know, while that sometimes does nothing for our emotions, um, I, I think it does, you know, give our mind um, and maybe our wills a, a little bit, uh, a little bit of strength, obviously with God's grace, a little sure. bit of strength to persevere, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I remember one time my sister-in-law, she was going through a tough time and she said the, the only prayer she could get out was the Hail Mary. That was it. I mean, that That's was right. the extent of her prayer life uh, just because things were just absolutely horrible. And But she said she was saying it. And as soon as she got to the very end, now and at the hour of my death, amen. Right. She's like, all right, it's not the hour of my death. You know, <laughs> it may, it may <laughs> feel like it, but it's not. And even at yeah, the hour right. of my death, I know that I'm not alone. I know, you know, sure. so I mean, like just, you know, that that little that eternal aspect, I think, also uh, helps us out in that in that suffering, but also in that uh, choosing to, to love when the emotions, passions are not there. Sure. Yeah. And this works out. I think uh, we, we can see this, how this would work out it, it, in the concrete, I think. Um, uh, so both in terms of like God's love of us and sometimes his discipline of us, but also in our love of one another, um, even as, uh, say, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, as friends and so forth. Uh, but, you know, like if let's say let's just take a concrete example. If your friend right, um, is um, cheating on his wife. Right. And you come to know about this. Right. It's not your place to affirm him. Yeah. Right? That's not loving him. Right. That, that is, in fact, um, disserving your friend. Right. Yeah. That's, in fact, uh, failing to love your friend. The loving thing there to do. Right. Is to um, is to exercise fraternal correction. Right. Is to tell your friend, you're like, you know, because I love you, I can't just hang out and have a beer with you right now. Yeah. Like, like there's no issue like th this is a, a difficulty i think because we become so attached to people uh, emotionally but sometimes we have to be willing to say to somebody like like because i love you i can't just act like like this is normal yeah. this is not like this situation right now is not normal it's not okay i'm not going to hang out with you and have a beer with you on the table and i'm not going to pretend it's not there does that make sense you know and I'm, what i'm going to do is i'm going to call you to uh to repentance and correction, you know, with, with, uh, with affection, with gentleness, uh, with, uh, hopefully with graciousness, but, but nevertheless, you know, be, be also underneath hard as steel yeah. because that's the loving thing to do. Yeah. And I, and that goes to the relation, it points to the relationship between friendship and love. Sure. Uh, yeah. and right. you know, in a, in a true friendship, again, like we were talking about love in a true friendship, the good, uh, has a primary place and a good has sure. uh, an, uh, 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 a precedent that, that it comes before uh, this, this friendship. So um, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a hard conversation to have. That's a, that's a hard situation sure. to be into, but again, you know, we're, we're, we're about what is good. Um, yeah. I mean, but that doesn't mean we say, you know, you know, you, you simply write the friend off. Oh, you're a sinner. Sure. See you later. No, we're all, all right. freaking sinners. Um, sure. You know, but, but at the same time, it, 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 it call it calls us to, you know, a fraternal correction, um, that again is aimed at the good. Uh, I had another, I had another, uh, uh, priest friend. He used to, you could always tell when he was going to give a really good homily, uh, because he would begin it with brothers and sisters. I love you. 
And because I love you, I'm going to say this. It's like, yeah, this one's going to be really good. It's going to hurt a little, but it'll be really good, you know. Um, and it, and it's uh, uh, it's something that you know I think we we need more. Not not this kind of you know ego petting or follow your heart kind of fluffiness. Right. Uh, no. Right. What What is good? You know, I want you know, and that's and that that's the thing. On the other hand, you think about in a, in a somewhat selfish way. Well, what kind of friends do I want? Sure. You know, if my goal is to get to heaven, get my wife and children to heaven, and those that God has placed into my care to heaven, you know, what kind of friends do I want? Well, I want friends that'll help me do that. Sure. Um, right. Right. Which means they may have to correct me at some point. At some point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know we intended to talk about friendship, but we probably should hold that off uh, in detail discussion that till yeah. uh, uh, another episode. But um, I think, you know, if our listeners want to walk away with anything, keep in mind that distinction between passionate love and volitional love. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with passionate love. So there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it'd be a very good and powerful thing, but it's not the same as volitional love. And uh, volitional love is really the heart of the moral life, the heart of the spiritual life. Um, and in addition to that, to recognize that the good is prior to love, yeah. right? That is that, that it, it's not love that defines goodness. It's goodness that defines love. I tell you what, Jason, if we could, if we could get, a, a, you know, uh, Christians to, to, to recover that vision, yeah. um, a lot of the just nonsense uh, and confusion that we have over lots of issues will just go away. Yeah, within Christianity and within the world as well. Sure. You know? yeah. Well, a lot to think about there, Dr. Smith. So I want to thank you for our time today. And so I want to invite our listeners to uh, check us out at catholicstudiesacademy.com. In the meantime, God bless.